Ladies and gentlemen, we are currently holding for further traffic clearance. Check out Kristen's new website, MagicalJourneysVacations.com. For all your vacation needs, Disney, Universal, Cruise Lines, and more. Thank you for traveling with us. MagicalJourneysVacations.com. Have her book your magical vacation today. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. The Dining at Disney Podcast. The Dining at Disney Podcast. Your ultimate source about the wonderful world of dining at the Disneyland and Walt Disney World Resorts. If you are what you eat, then I only want to eat the good stuff. Kristen Hetzel Go and Jay Bratton are your guides on this culinary adventure. We'll prepare and serve with flair a culinary cabaret. Join them as they discuss the latest food news, expert tips, recommendations, and trip planning advice related to Disney food and dining. From quick service to fine dining, you will discover all the best restaurants and food as they hungrily explore the Disney parks. It brings folks together from all walks of life. The Dining at Disney podcast. And now, your host... Kristen Hetzel Go and Jay Bratton. Welcome to another episode of the Dining at Disney podcast, your ultimate source for delicious discussion about dining at Disneyland, Disney World, and Disney Cruise Line. I'm your host, Kristen, and Jay is out today, but joining me from Disney Parks podcast is Tony Castelnova. How's everything going, Tony? I am doing delicious. Del- oh, you're doing delicious. I'm doing delicious. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> it's always good to have you uh, back. Today, we're going to be discussing your trip over to do uh, the barista boot camp at Lickety mm. Split. I'm going to talk a little bit about Lickety Split because I did actually try their menu last time I was there oh, good. Um, in October. So you got to eat a little bit of their food. Before we get into that, though, thank you so much for downloading the show on iTunes, streaming on Stitcher, as well as watching this on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe, and don't forget to share with your friends. Uh, Also, if you would like to support us, it's easy to do. Other than uh, listening to the show and reading the blog, you can shop our affiliate links. We're affiliated with the Disney Store, Garden Grocers, and Jelly Belly, as well as you can pick up one of the Dining at Disney ebooks. So, we have no appetizers today, no real big news to talk about, but we do have a big meal, which is Lickety Split. And, uh, I guess let's start off with just talking a little bit about what Lickety Split is, where it is, and then we'll get into the the whole barista boot camp you got to attend. Good. Okay. Okay. So it's located in Four Seasons, and it's <laughs> – I love that. I love that place. I know. I do, um, too. And it's so easy. Like, you, as soon as you walk in, it's like head to the right, go past, like, the uh, – the concierge okay. and check yeah. in and it's like right there on the left. So it's, yeah. it's not hard to find. Yeah. And, uh, now they're open. Is it, it's just during lunch hours, right? Yeah. It's until about, uh, I think four. four. They're not, okay. Yeah. They're not open very late. Um, yeah, I was, wasn't sure if it was four or six. Yeah. They're open early. I think like six, six to four or something like that. Yeah. Nice. Uh, now, have you tried their food other than doing the the, the pastries and, and gelato? Yes, yeah. They've got sandwiches and salads too that are really yeah. good. Yeah, I don't know. If you want a sandwich, <laughs> go out to PB and G. 
<laughs> now, It'll see, but if it's raining, now see, if it's pouring down rain, you might not want to yeah. go out of to PB&G. That's true. Yeah. But, which is how why I ended up going to Lickety Split, because PB&G, right. it was raining. Oh, yeah, was it? Oh, that's no fun then. Next time. Yeah. Yeah. It is on the list to do next yeah. time. Yeah. That menu looks incredible. Yeah. And uh, I heard they just got a new chef, too. Um, oh, really? Yeah. This is chef number three, I think. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But I have to say, uh, the food and beverage director, Mr. Wancha, wants only the best people. Now, I think I think the first guy left because he just uh, did something. He wanted to do something different or he went somewhere else. Uh, the second one, I don't know the whole story, and I'm not going to uh, speculate why he left. Uh but the the first guy was it was interesting because they were you know they have a lot of smoke and uh, barbecue things out there. We're probably getting off topic, but um, he had like uh, his menu was in two parts. It was homage and treason, which I thought was very cool. So it was an homage to barbecue and treason to barbecue. So it was all this wacky stuff like barbecued tofu, which you're like, what? <laughs> oh so, my gosh! Yeah, and uh, so I thought so that meant. So the homage was the was the more traditional, right, like pulled right. pork and stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And then uh, the other side was all this crazy barbecue stuff. Uh, unfortunately, that was not uh, uh, there very long. And also, they were looking for a little lighter menu because it is next to the pool. You don't want maybe so much hearty barbecue things for lunch. So then they lightened up the menu, and uh, and then uh, I haven't been back since. So. I have to. I'm due to go back for a revisit. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll go PB and G for lunch, and then I'll go to Ravello for dinner. <laughs> oh, day. nice! I yeah. love Ravello. That yeah. is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, we have a question in the chat because we do do this via Blab, and it is about where is the location of Four Seasons, and it's located within the gates of Disney, and. Um, it's off of, oh, I'm trying to think of the name of the street. Vista Boulevard. Is it Vista? Vista, Vista okay. Boulevard, uh, Bonnie Creek. Okay. And Vista Boulevard. Okay. Because yeah. I know that if you, you drive past, you know, uh, Old Key West and all of those places yeah. till, it, till it dead ends, and then that'll take you. Right. Right at the, it'll say Golden Oaks, and that's where Four Seasons is. So right, right. it's uh, it has an amazing location in the seventeenth floor restaurant, which is Kappa has mm. the most amazing view of Disney property because you can yeah. see fireworks going on at three parks. So right. <laughs> not many places get that yeah. view. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is a really nice location. And, you know, the Golden Oaks is Disney's version of, you know, high end luxury uh, vacation. And the Four Seasons is building their own. And theirs are going to cost even more than Disney's. I think Disney's are like 1.2. And I think Four Seasons is going to be closer to $10 million each. So uh, I hope that comes with an annual pass. I know the Golden Oaks Disney versions do. It comes with uh, uh, annual pass for everybody in your immediate family uh, and uh, free transportation. And I don't mean on a bus. They'll actually come pick you up in a town car and take you to whatever park. And I don't think it's to the front gate. I think they're dropping you off at the back door. 
And uh, nice. You know, yeah. So I know that's the way Disney's doing it. I don't know how the Four Seasons is going to stack up to that. I'm sure they're going to have to work something out with Disney. Because uh, hey, if I'm dropping ten million dollars, I don't want to get on a Four Seasons bus. Right? <laughs> you know. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how many people who have property there actually live there versus it, you know, live there full time versus it being like maybe a winter home. Yeah, I hear the percentage is getting uh, it's growing a little bit, but there is a a lot of people are just using it right now for a vacation home. And there's only a handful that actually live there uh, year round that have kind of retired to. You know, Golden Oaks. Listen, if I had the money, that's where I'd want to retire. I mean, come on. I oh, also yeah. know that uh, for the Disney's Golden Oaks, uh, you can get um, some a chef to come to your house and cook your dinner. You don't have to, you know, go somewhere. Uh, they'll grocery shop for you. They'll, you know, do anything that you, you know, want within reason. You know, there's you know, twenty four hour concierge. You know, two o'clock in the morning, you don't feel like. You know, going out to the supermarket, just tell somebody to bring something to you. You know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, I can't imagine. Yeah, I I've been trying to get on. I'm gonna have to work on it a little bit harder. I'm trying to get on uh, some people that work there at Golden Oaks to see if they'll come on and talk about, you know, the whole program. Uh, I invited the salespeople, but she's like, "Oh, we don't think your podcast would attract the audience that we're really looking for." I'm like, "Listen, lady, how do you know?" I I don't know if anybody in my audience has got $1.2 million to buy one. Why are you eliminating them from the equation? You know, so I I found uh, some people that work there. So I'm going to see if I can work on them and see if they can come on. That's crazy that they want to take the time to do that because you you don't know who's listening. You don't. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know the demographics of every single person in my audience. Well, see, for all you know, you could have some celebrity that, you know. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. Angelina Jolie could be listening to your podcast. They don't know. <laughs> it would so be we funny. We don't but, know. <laughs> that would be funny, but yeah. <laughs> I better stop talking badly about her then. <laughs> In that terrible movie, see, Maleficent, she did. Yes, Siri, Siri, the person who does the voice of Siri, follows me on Twitter. For all yeah. I know, she could be listening to this. You know, sure. I mean, it's one of those things. You don't know who's listening. Yeah. I always Listen, tell people. I don't predict any weather in your forecast today. <laughs> <laughs> no, she I used to tell, all, when I was a retail manager, I used to tell all of my associates, I'm like, do not discount somebody based on yeah. the way they're dressed because sure. you don't know who that is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. You never know. So, okay, let's get back back to Lickety Split again. Yep. And uh, talk a little bit about the Barista Boot Camp. And I do have the dates and the stuff of when that is offered. But um, Okay. You got to attend this on behalf of, of Dining at Disney. Right. And because uh, since I can't go, you get to do all the yummy. You have the hard job, the yummy food eating. <laughs> <laughs> Poor me. <laughs> oh. You got to move uh, You should move down here. Do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's, it's, hey, if I win the lottery, I will have a house there. All right. That's guaranteed. Here you go. Yeah. Just need to win the lottery. 
Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so this this takes place over at Lickety Split in Four Seasons, right. and uh, it just it just started. It's had I think the first one, one was so far. Yeah, yeah, right. The first one December fifth. What's the first right. one? Yep. Okay, so since you got to do this, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about like what kind of how do they have the structure? Yeah, so it's a uh, it's uh, it's two hours, uh, I, and I think we were like the guinea pigs because we did this before the first class. Which is fine. I don't mind being the test crash dummy. Uh, Allison Buckard, who is the manager of Lickety Split, I would like to get inside her head and pull out all her coffee knowledge. She is a walking encyclopedia, hands down, of coffee. You name a coffee region or bean or whatever, and she can tell you anything about temperature, texture, flavor, Caffeine, anything about coffee, this woman uh, does it. And once again, that's a, a testament to Stephen hiring the right people for the right job. And this woman knocks it out of the park, really uh, is killer. Uh, so she kind of gave us this little, uh, first she gave us an overall, like an overview of, of coffee uh, and where the Four Seasons gets there. Uh, coffee from it's a specific coffee made just for the four seasons duh no surprise there uh you know they have their own bourbon they have their own wine why not their own coffee uh the machine that they use to make their coffee is the only one outside of italy the company oh my gosh. Make, yeah the company that makes it is an italian company and they don't export but they were able to convince this company to send them, uh, you know, this machine because they thought it was the best machine to make coffee. Uh, that's number one. Number two, it costs as much as a mid-sized car. She wouldn't tell us the exact amount, but she said, just think of a mid-sized car, average price, that's what this mach- machine costs. And I said, it just makes coffee? <laughs> Nothing else? Gosh. Um, so only the best, uh, their coffee is, uh, let me make sure I get this right. It's, uh, Umbra, right? I think is the name. Uh, and they choose, you know, this, also, um, an Italian coffee company, uh, that's making this coffee blend for them. And, uh, it's, I, you know, I'm going to say it. Maybe I shouldn't say it. there's a a brand of coffee company <laughs> starts with an S <laughs> that sometimes I think their coffee is bitter, and I I was yeah, asking, it, yeah. It is bitter coffee. and I said uh, should the coffee be bitter and she says no it shouldn't be bitter then they're they're, they're not grinding it or, or brewing it or or brewing it at the right temperature and that's probably what's causing the the bitter taste so uh, it. She says it could be the bean, but most likely it's not the bean. Um, huh. So, and then I said to her, I said, well, I always heard this rumor that this uh, S-based company uh, adds like a, a chicory to their blend to give it extra body or extra flavor. And she says, that's probably just a myth. You wouldn't add chicory to coffee. <laughs> So have, have you, you ever had, heard? Have, I, I've I haven't heard that about that company, but yeah. it, 
hickory is very popular in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And they right. have, there's a company, um, Community Coffee. Mm-hmm. And they actually put chicory in with their coffee. Right. And it tastes, it tastes awful. Right. Some people love it. We, yeah. uh, at, at, when I worked for Copeland's New Orleans, we had it on Saturday and Sunday during brunch yeah. because very few people liked it. Mm-hmm. And those who did normally were the ones that were coming in to, to brunch. Yeah. And mm. it was just, it's, it, 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 it's just, I don't like it. It's gross. Yeah. It makes it taste like bitter dirt. Yeah. At least that's what I would imagine dirt to kind of taste like would be right. chicory. So. Right. right. And, uh, they grind, uh, you know, when they go to make you a coffee, they grind, um, you know, the coffee fresh so that, you know, it's not pre-ground. They grind it fresh, uh, put it in the, I forgot the name of the little thing for the espresso thing. It has a specific name. Um, and she was saying that they have to adjust the way they grind because of the humidity in Florida. Uh, you know, it starts oh, really? out kind of dry during the day, and then, you know, as noon comes, the humidity goes up. So they have to adjust uh, the grinder so that they're getting the perfect grind on the coffee each time. Um, so as the wow. day goes on, they're adjusting the grinder to make sure they're getting the perfect grind. They wanted a certain, uh, not too fine, not too coarse. They want like this this specific kind of coarseness to the coffee where it'll extract that flavor that they're looking for. Uh, so they just, wow. don't, yeah, they, they, it's crazy stuff that you don't think of when you're making a cup of coffee. I said, I drop a pot in and I'm done. <laughs> She's like, yeah. So, uh, so she kind of gave us an overview and then she showed us how to make a cappuccino first. Uh, so she was to- telling us, you know, you have to grind a certain way. You want a certain grind, you fill it up and then you have to tamp uh, now, is the grind different than the grind that you would want for a regular cup of coffee? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you, you tamp it in there, and then she says everybody's got a certain way of, you know, kind of tamping and swirling. But you want to put, I, what, what, I think she said something like 30 feet pound of pressure. I'm like, well, how do I, how do I know I'm putting <laughs> that amount of pressure? Uh, you know, so you want to make sure that you put enough pressure in there that you get a nice compact, you know, and then you do, she does this swirl. Everybody's got this way of kind of doing their thing. You put it in the machine uh, and you don't, uh, for cappuccino, you don't start the coffee until you have the milk going. So then you start your milk and you start kind of, with the steamer, you start down at the bottom uh, at maybe a 30-degree angle tilt. And you want to hear that. And once that starts and the milk starts swirling, then you start to straighten it out. And you want to see, you want to create like a vortex so you see the milk swirling. Once you have that, you want to then slowly move the steamer up so that you're heating the milk. And you get this nice froth. Then you want to take that container, that, that metal container, and you want to tap it and swirl it so that you create that foamy froth. You're you're kind of getting rid of that those micro bubbles. Listen, I'm I had no idea. <laughs> you know, this is no, all this stuff is cool. in my head now, right? So you're getting rid of these micro bubbles so that you're getting this foam. Uh, and a cappuccino that milk cup uh, has a very round edge. So then you make your coffee once you you start your your steam going, so you can still swirl and tamp. With your, co- with your milk, 
get your coffee going, get the coffee goes directly in the cup, and then you slowly pour in your milk. Uh, and, and then you slowly pull up so that you're, you know, you're dropping kind of the milk down the side and into the cup. And then you'll get a nice froth on it. Um, and, and that's it. You Boom, you're done. And that's a perfect cappuccino. Nice. Yeah. And it was very interesting. Um, you know, and then they had us do it. So she did, she demonstrated it once. And then we, we broke up into a couple different groups. They had the one super machine and then two little uh, smaller machines. Um, so the, there was a couple groups out there, a couple of groups behind. And uh, and we got to make our own, which, you know, somebody's with you doing it. Obviously, yeah. you know, kind of walking through the procedure. Uh, we didn't have to go through the whole grind. Uh, the, the company that makes their coffee gives, uh, they have some pod, espresso pods that they're, they're now making. And uh, Stephen was telling me too that uh, in a couple months, uh, they're going to actually have that coffee. They're actually going to make Keurig pods for the first time. And Four Seasons will be the only brand in the world right now to have this Umbre Keurig pods in the rooms. Nice. So uh, they're getting rid of the Keurig branded ones and going with this uh, specific Four Seasons brand. Uh, so when you're in your hotel room, you'll have, uh, you know, really good coffee, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it'll be better or worse than a Keurig. I think that you want probably want it fresh. You probably, I think the Keurig thing messes up coffee. But anyway, uh, so then after that, then she showed us how to make a latte. Which is kind of the same process, uh, except with the latte, you can put the coffee in first while you're making the milk. You don't have to wait. Um, the steaming is almost the same, but you want it more flat. You don't want it so foamy. Um, and then as you're pouring it in with a latte, you can kind of make those kooky designs. So they had us, uh, you kind of, we kind of poured it down the side. And then we tilted it up, and then if you shake it back and forth, it kind of almost looks like a like a little Christmas tree. Yeah. And then you once you you kind of shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it. And once you get to the end, you go quickly up the middle, and it kind of makes you know the middle of the tree. So we kind of got like a little Christmas tree design. That's cool. Uh, yeah, in a latte. Uh, there's pictures of mine, and you can probably see by the pictures that I did not really make a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> All those things take practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, they even uh, she even made a, a snowman. I think I, I, I sent you a picture of that uh, that you can uh, use on the blog. Uh, you know, with the she had uh, like syrup too that she was making um, the eyes and things on a toothpick. You know, putting, you know, the now uh, they make they make all their syrups there, right? I or is it just select flavors? I know that they had their pumpkin spice was uh, house-made in the yeah, fall. Yeah, probably. probably. Because they had a little sign that said, you know, house-made yeah. pumpkin spice. I was like, okay, I'm going to try that. If it's house-made. I, yeah, I think like the hazelnut and the vanilla uh, flavor, uh, they do make those. Uh, the chocolate syrup, I'm not sure of. Um, I think I saw that kind of coming out of something bigger. I'm not sure. I don't think they made that. Um and then after that, she was telling us about the whole ice coffee contraption. 
Um, you know, uh, you know, iced coffee's got the most caffeine in it. And I didn't know that. She, you know, she said, you know, what do you think has more caffeine, a shot of espresso or a, you know, a shot of iced coffee? And everybody's like, oh, espresso. And the answer is wrong. Ice okay, why did she say why? She really didn't say why. <laughs> I think it's the slow drip process. So, yeah. um, you know, they have this big contraption on the counter. But uh, we found some on Amazon while we were there, uh, like a smaller home version that you can buy on Amazon. It's like $23 for like a little pot. So it starts with uh, cold water, iced water. Uh, that drips like a drop, a drop, a drop into coffee, which is kind of compressed with a filter on the top. So the water drips to the filter and then it kind of seeps into the coffee. And it takes eight hours to make like that big container down at the bottom. So every night when they close, they start that process to make the dripped coffee. Uh, so that they'll have some in the morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so if you don't get there, you know, it, it could be gone. You know, you may ask for the iced coffee and the, there isn't any because once it's gone, it's gone. Um, so then it kind of goes through that thing, swirly little thing, and then it kind of just drips into the to the coffee, which is very interesting. Um, but uh, there's something else about that, too. Oh, so their water. So I was asking about the water. The water in Florida is swamp. <laughs> you know, it, it it could kill a person if you drink it. It just, it, and it smells awful. Yeah. It smells like toilet water. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's got awful. And I said, you know, how do you make good coffee, you know, from the swamp water? And they have a special triple filter system that filters out all the garbage to get, you know, the the perfect you know, pH balanced kind of water, you know, that they're looking for that will, you know, make good coffee. Uh, and then they use that to make the iced coffee. It, it, it's the water that's used in the machines. Um, it's, the, you know, the water that's used to make the, the, the pastries, the, the gelato or whatever. They don't just, you know, turn on the force and start, you know, yeah. making things. <clears throat> they have to use the filtered water. Um, and then at the end, we made a uh, iced coffee float. So we got to pick a gelato ice cream uh, with some iced coffee. You could have a shot of like Bailey's or bourbon uh, in it. You make an adult beverage if you wanted. Uh, and then they had like a little toppings bar you could put. Uh, you know, cookie crumbles or uh, chocolate or marshmallows or all kinds of little dessert topping kind of things on your uh, your adult beverage if you wanted to. Um, and that was uh, the last thing we did. So that all took like two hours to do all of that, believe it or not. And so what did you make? I had uh, vanilla and chocolate gelato uh, with my iced coffee, and I put um, – and they, they, I think they were Oreos, crushed Oreos, uh, some chocolate syrup, chocolate chips, and some uh, tiny marshmallows. Uh, I just didn't put any alcohol on mine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need no the, bourbon in that. Yeah, no bourbon, no Baileys. I didn't need a, I didn't need the extra kick. Uh, but that was it. Uh, 
We had a good time. It was, it was it, it, like I said, this woman is fascinating. Her team are also really nice, really good, uh, and, and they are experts too. I mean, uh, the woman that I was, the two different people that I was working with, are really, you know, are probably just as smart as Allison. And from what uh, I was told, or what we all were told, was uh, not everybody that was hired was a coffee expert. Allison trained these people to be coffee experts, um, you know, taught them the correct ways of, you know, making a correct espresso, correct cappuccino, correct, you know, mocha, you know, et cetera. Um, wow. And uh, I, you know, I think the, I think they hired the right people because these people seem to be trainable uh, because I felt like they were just as good as Allison, you know, and just as. Now, did she say. Did she say where she learned some, how she managed to learn so much about coffee? Uh, she did. She worked for a Seattle, uh, she worked for uh, Cafe Umbra, the company that's making the coffee for uh, the Four Seasons. So okay. Maybe they just stole her, stole her from there. <laughs> you know, maybe when they were looking yeah. for, now she said there's a, there's another guy at Four Seasons Corporate, I'm using my air quotes, um, who, she kind of travels around with sometimes when they're looking for this guy goes and picks the coffee beans that he wants to be used in the Four Seasons blend. And he actually goes and tastes them to make sure that they and he'll say, yes, these beans are OK on this tree. Yes, these beans are OK on this tree. And this guy goes and does this. And uh, I think she's going on a, a trip with him uh, to Columbia, I think, soon. Um, but she says that this guy can taste the difference between, you know, one bean from another. And I'm like, yeah, wow, yeah, I don't have those, I don't have those kind of skills. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty intense yeah. skill to have. Yeah. I mean, cause especially with coffee. Yeah. If you, uh, yeah. If you've ever seen like, uh, uh, you know, Gordon Ramsay on his, uh, show, you know, when he blindfolds the chefs and he makes them taste things. I think Gordon Ramsay's got that kind of mad skill, too, where he can, you know, tell the difference between things. I, my eyes closed, you could put dirt in my mouth. I'd go, oh, is that filet mignon? <laughs> <laughs> I would have no idea. I really would. I, I think sometimes my taste buds are shot, you know. I'm pretty good at that. Yeah. Um, I, my dad always likes to, whenever he's made something and I go by the house and he's like, Oh, here, I tried this new recipe. Tell me what you think's in it. And hell, have me like taste it. Right. And I'm like, well, I taste this and I taste that and right. this and you know, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty good at that, but there's no way I could do yeah. that with I, coffee. Yeah. I, I mean, I can tell the difference between, you know, certain blends of coffee, right. but sometimes yeah, it's just, I don't think coffee is an easy thing to be able to, yeah, I go. Yeah, this is a, a citrusy, and this is a yeah. has. Well, this is from Colombia, and, and this is. Yeah, yeah, I would not be able to tell you, you know. And they they gave us this this um, this handout uh, at the boot camp, and I, I'm not sure. I hope they give this to everybody that goes because it's really uh, a lot of fun information on uh, coffee. You know, they talk about. Uh, and this is in Italian, the four M's, which is the, I can't even say these words. I, I'll probably beat the hell out of them. But this kind of is a, she was telling us a little bit about this on how 
the process is and, you know, what the difference is between, you know, the different kinds of coffee, like an espresso, a, a macchiato, a, a cappuccino, a cafe latte. Um, you know, so it was interesting, you know, to, to read this afterwards. And then where, you know, all the different kinds of coffee providers, you know, Brazil, Colombia, Costa Rica, Guatemala, Honduras, uh, Kenya, Mexico, uh, Nicaragua, Peru, Rwanda, Tanzania, uh, Uganda. I mean, you know, I guess coffee doesn't come <laughs> anywhere from America. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, we don't have uh, any American coffee uh, growers. Um, and Wrong climate, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Because um, every place, pretty much most of the places that grow coffee are... Rainforest In the southern... Yeah. 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 South America, Africa, yeah. those kind of places. Yeah. And you do get a little uh, goodie bag um, as a takeaway. Uh, what did it say? Uh, uh, each guest will depart with a fun takeaway bag uh, filled with decadent delights from Lickety Split. So I think they, uh, they're going to give you some coffee uh, and some other uh, goodies to take away. Uh, the price for this is $75 per person, and I would tell you it's worth every dollar. If you like coffee uh, and you want to know really, you know, how your favorite place makes the makes coffee, uh, you can now take this class and then go there and say, excuse me, are you doing that wrong? You know that's not that's not a bad price at all no. for a for a cooking class. No, no, no. I mean, not as the four seasons. Oh, and especially being four yeah. seasons. But uh, in Nashville, there used to be a Viking store here, mm -hmm. and they had cooking classes, and theirs were two hours long and ran about the same price. And this was like maybe six years ago, mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. I mean, they've, they ended up shutting the location down for one reason or another. My guess is probably cost of rent for the location it was in. But, uh, yeah, $75. Yeah. That's – I I'd easily do that for $75. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they were saying that this may be very popular, that they may have to move it down to the demo kitchen in Ravello because they really can't take a lot of people for each class in order to give them each one the hands-on experience and keep it within the two-hour limit. Uh, so if you do want to take this, it's highly recommended that you, you – obviously, you have to make a reservation. You have to call uh, and, and make a reservation. But, um, you know, for this, it's only, uh, you know, the month of December, and then they're going to probably do something else. Um yeah, I've got the dates as being the 12th, the 19th, and the 26th. Right. And this is part of a larger program called the Four Seasons Entertainment University. Uh, I think each resort is doing something a little bit different. And uh, this was the first, um, you know, thing for the Four Seasons here in Walt Disney World. Uh, they also gave us a little surprise. Maybe we could talk about the little surprise uh, they did afterwards. They had the tree lighting. Let's talk about the tree lighting. So last year, uh, they opened up, uh, they sort of opened in uh, August, September, and then they had their official open in October. And they really didn't, uh, they said they didn't really do a, you know, a traditional you know, Christmas tree lighting. Their decorations were kind of wonky. So this year, they, they wanted to have a, an official tree lighting. 
um, because it's, now they've been open a year. So uh, Tom Steinhauser, the I think he he's called the president of the Four Seasons. He's the general manager of the the entire property. He came, gave a, a, a couple little words, and then they lit the Christmas tree. And uh, out came our buddy Mickey Mouse. Totally, Aww. totally blew everybody away. Uh, it was Mickey in his little Christmas gear, his little Christmas caroling outfit. And uh, Mickey came out and uh, gave hugs and, and blinked for everybody. Now that Mickey can blink. <laughs> That's so strange. Uh, there was an ambassador with him, uh, one of the Walt Disney World uh, uh, ambassadors, um, uh, Nathaniel. He didn't do a lot of talking, but... Um, I, I kind of talked to him afterwards, uh, because that's a long tradition that I don't think a lot of people know about the Walt Disney world ambassadors, uh, and what that whole program is, but yeah, so it was fun to, uh, uh, a lot of the kids in the hotel were, you know, freaking out that Mickey was, you know, in the lobby, like, ah, Mickey's here. (laughs) (laughs) How many ambassadors does Disney have? Do you know? Oh, my God. I think there's something like, I want to say like 12, 12 or 14 of them. Yeah. It started. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the, uh, what was it? The D23, uh, not this past one, but the one before. uh, There was a panel, a, a Disney ambassador panel that I attended. And it really started when Walt could not get to all these different events and he would send these ambassadors on his behalf and they would talk or speak, you know, as, you know, Walt, like Walt would kind of, you know, like as Marty would write the speech or whatever. And, you know, if Walt couldn't go, then the ambassador would go and give that speech. And uh, they really are speaking on behalf of Walt. Um and I don't think everybody gets what they are and, and what that whole program is. And they still continue that tradition today, um, you know, speaking on behalf of, you know, unfortunately Walt's dead, but on behalf of Walt Disney Company now, uh, in a sense. Well, that's like um, one of the – she might have been the first – actually, she is Disneyland's first ambassador, uh, Julie, Julie. Costello. Yeah, she conducted this year into the uh, Disney Legends. I met her at a Destination D event uh, here in Florida. Um, And as she was leaving the convention area, the contemporary, walking to the valet stand to get her car, and I was walking, and I noticed it was her, and I started talking with her as we were going to the valet stand. And, uh, yeah, I would love to have a in-depth conversation with her um you know that would be fantastic yeah there's a whole tartan that they used to wear uh if you go to the disney archives uh up on the wall i have to find that email up on the wall there's a disney uh tartan like they they used to wear that the plaid vests and whatnot yeah and the plaid skirts for the women and um I said to the woman there, I said, you know, do we know, like, where this is? Was this custom made? Is this? Um, and she said, I'm not really sure. She said, give me your email address. I'll find out and then send you the answer. I'm like, I'll never hear from this lady ever again. <laughs> A couple of weeks later, she sent me the whole nine yards, the whole history on, 
you know, who made it? Yes, it was custom. Yes, it was. It's now a registered Disney tartan in Ireland or Scotland, wherever they register these tartans from. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So uh, I got the whole. Th- I got. I should probably pull out that email and and uh, find it again. So uh, yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, un- unfortunately, I deviated from topic again. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I have a habit of doing that. Uh, and see, I'm. It's very easy for me to do that. So, <laughs> Alzheimer's always trying to reel me in. Like you're getting off topic. Yeah. <laughs> Come back. This is what we're talking about. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah so uh all right so what do we know about uh all right so lickety split uh they do have pastries in there too uh and they do make their own gelato they make their own pastries uh the uh on property pastry uh team and pastry chef makes their own pastries that they have uh and then they make their own gelato they're you know they don't buy gelato from somewhere uh they make their own gelato so they have gelato coffee and then uh sandwiches like Kristen was saying if god forbid it's raining outside uh, I just say go to PB and G if you can. <laughs> you don't want a sandwich made uh, or a roll up or a wrap or whatever. Um, you know if you can get a good sandwich from PB and G. And then we had dinner at Kappa, which is uh, great food. Uh, they just had a James Beard dinner. Yes, up there. the dinner. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to convince uh, my way into that. <laughs> I was trying to. Did it work? Did not work. <laughs> I'm like, uh, can I come? Maybe take pictures. You know, maybe get some scraps. <laughs> scraps of dinner. <laughs> that looks really, 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 really good. Um, uh, yeah. That's a like once in a lifetime type of event to go to too. Yeah, I have a feeling they're going to be doing some more of these uh, type of things. Uh, and then uh, so PB and G, uh, and then don't forget Plancha, a great place at the golf course, kind of you know tucked away from the the hotel building itself. You can go to the hotel building and then walk there if you can't find Plancha, the the, the golf course. Um, actually, it's Tranquilo, the golf course. It's Plancha, the restaurant. Um, and they have some great Cuban food there. Uh, and uh, I, I know Chris, I think, was just telling me too that they're going to be changing up their uh, menu a little bit too for the the winter season. Uh, different ingredients for the winter, uh, so they change up their menu. So it should be good. I can't wait to try that place because that's that's Plancha and PB and G are the two that oh, I haven't God. done yet. Well, when you they're, come in February, we'll do list. both. Yeah, we'll do both in February. I either be there in January or Feb- January or February. Yeah. I know yeah. one one or the other. It just depends on what. Uh, let me know. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll I'll I will alert the media. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell Chris over at Plancha that we're coming, and I'm sure he'll set up a table for us and. Uh, PB&G's got a new manager too. I'm gonna have to go. Um, I have to go back out there and introduce myself again. So, and then PB&G also has their own bourbon, their own Four Seasons bourbon. Um, so if you're into bourbon, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not a bourbon person. Yeah, me neither. 
Now, I've had some fantastic, like, I will try a cocktail if I'm in some place, mm-hmm. like Four Seasons. Yeah. I will absolutely try a cocktail that has scotch or bourbon, whiskey, something like that in it. Right. Um, that's not my, like, that's just not normally what I order. But in a place like that, I know it's going to be good. Yeah. And it's one of those things that even people who don't like bourbon will like the bourbon cocktail because they just make those drinks so perfectly. Right, right. After the the tree lighting, uh, Dana had taken us to the lobby bar for some cocktails and and, uh, snacks. Um, I, I always want to call it the Ravello Bar. I don't know why they changed the name of it to Lobby Bar. Did it used to be Ravello yeah, Bar? Yeah, it used to be called the Ravello okay. Bar. I don't know why. I guess because they want people downstairs to – that should be the Ravello Bar. I don't know. I just – it's in the same <laughs> base. <laughs> Maybe it was confusing people? Maybe, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so we had a cocktail there. I had a uh, kind of a little spicy cocktail I forgot what the name of that thing was. It was a little bit on the spicy hot side. Huh. Which I Peppers in it? Uh, yes. It was a jalapeno-infused vodka. Oh, nice. So, uh, what else did they have? They had some uh, meat and cheese kind of snacks. Um, what did they have? A pretzel bread with uh, beer cheese. <sighs> Which was pretty good. Uh, Homemade chips with a homemade, um, like, ranch uh, dip. Had, uh, like, real onions and real chives in it. Um, Wow. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, some powdered thing they probably whipped together. (laughs) (laughs) I think they made their own, probably their own sour cream, probably. It was not not Hidden Valley. (laughs) It was not Hidden Valley. I can guarantee that. Uh, what else was there? Uh, I think that was it. There's only like a couple things. That was uh, fun. That was fun. Just sitting there uh, talking. Uh, I was actually talking to Dana's boss. Oh my god, Alan, I think was his name. Okay. Yeah. And uh, that's good. I had fun time. Fun time. Yeah. Well, that's good. I wish I could. I wish I lived closer so I could go. Yeah. Just ten and a half hours for a drive is just yeah more than for two hours yeah for a two hour event yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah that is I always make my trips all my trips are always long trips mm. like when I go in the fall it's always like ten eleven days that I'm down there yeah yeah it's like oh, gosh why do you go for so long I'm like because once I'm there I have a list of things I must accomplish <laughs> <laughs> it's like I must yeah. eat here and here and here and here right. Right. and it's time to go back to this place because it's been you know two years right and- right. Right. Actually, I have. And if I uh, drive that long, yeah, I'm going to make it last. Yeah, I don't blame you. I have, uh, God, I have too much garbage here. Wait, oh, where's your, I have a, a list of yours. La, 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 da, 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 da. Do, 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 do. Where, where'd it go? I don't know. I have, oh, no. Where? I don't know where the hell it is. <laughs> a list of what? You had on your website a list of the Disney restaurants. Yes. And I printed it out because... Oh, I don't know where it went. Um, I don't know where it went. 
That is the, I would have to say, is one of the most difficult things for me to keep up with. Not living down there and being able to regularly see what's, yeah. what's going on everywhere is to keep up with all the all the Disney restaurants. Uh, that's one of the things that's on my to-do list to have done this winter is to go through all of the restaurants again and make sure that all the information is updated right. and there's nothing missing. Because I, I just was working on some of the, the uh, downtown. Uh, well, nope, not downtown. Disney. Disney Springs. <laughs> Disney Springs. Uh, on updating some of those, right. adding them in. And then uh, the other thing I'm making sure that I add is the Four Seasons restaurants. Right. As well as uh, Waldorf Astoria. You know, yeah. I'm going to expand those because they're, to me, anything within the Disney gates. Yeah, right. Is it's a Disney restaurant. Now it might not be owned and operated or the hotel owned and operated by Disney, yeah. but it's easily something to get to. Right. That, you know, when, if you're staying on property, it's, it's not going to be something you're not going to be able to go to. Yeah. Yeah. So I was so kind of using it as a checklist to make sure I had gone to every place. <laughs> <laughs> Have you accomplished all of yours? No. Um, so uh, Cinderella's table. Okay. Uh, Victorian Albert. You haven't done Victorian Albert. I have not done Victorian Albert, and uh, I don't know if I will. It's the dress code. You should code. have done it when it was on the... Uh, yeah, I should have done it when, when it was Tables of Wonderland. It's the dress code that I don't like. Yeah. I refuse to put on a jacket to go eat dinner, uh, especially when I live in the vacation capital of the world. Uh, what was the other one? Um in Epcot, the little rotating restaurant over in the land. Oh, Garden, uh, Garden, Garden Grill. Grill. Garden Grill. Have not been to Garden Grill either. Okay. Yep. And then Bonnet Creek, I haven't been to uh, Bull and Bear. Uh, I've been to La Lucci. I uh, have not been to Bull and Bear. What else is over there? There's something else over there, isn't there? There's Oscars that yeah. has breakfast. Yeah, I haven't been to and Oscars. And they have Peacock Alley, which is there. The lounge okay that's right off the lobby right and they do a really really nice um on sundays at tea time oh okay see it's, it's good it's fun yeah i think i saw pictures of uh when you posted i think you did yeah. that last time yeah so yeah so i haven't been to all the bonnet creek stuff either uh swan and dolphin i haven't been to shula's that's the only place over there that I haven't been able, I haven't gone into. Yeah, I've been to all the One other. time that I was on the list and I was going to do it, um, the person that I was with was like, last minute was like the day before, let's cancel it. I don't want to do that. Let's go do this instead. And really? Like, okay. There's a Shula Burgers by me too. I'd like to try that. Compare it to like uh, Five Guys. You know. I still haven't been to Five Guys and we have them up here. I know. I'm not a big burger person. Really? I leave that to Al John. Al John is like a red meat. That's his thing. He loves steaks and he loves burgers. Yeah. And he's always looking for the best burger, the best steak, and the best bread pudding. Those are, well, <laughs> those are his things. Hopefully, bread pudding. <laughs> hopefully, when you come down here, they bumped back. Uh, uh, Wahlburgers was supposed to open December. Now it's maybe not until January. So, ah, so maybe they'll be open. That place I want to try. Yeah, I do too. I want to see, uh, you know, if they are really that good. <laughs> you know, 
Uh, and then what was that? Uh, Carlos Bakery just opened here in the Florida Mall. Uh, I hope to get over there. Well, I've been to the ones in Jersey. I don't know if I need to go to the, the Florida Mall. Um, <laughs> it's probably just the same. Maybe it's cheaper down here. I know the one, uh, I know I bought some uh, biscotti last year uh, for Christmas. And it was something like uh, $40 worth of biscotti. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He charges by the oh. pound. What is it per pound? Uh, a lot. No, apparently so. <laughs> Either that or I hope you came home with a suitcase filled no. with it. No. <laughs> no, oh. I did not. No. No. He charges by the pound for biscotti. And biscotti is a pretty dense pastry, you know. Yeah. Smart thinking. You know, rather than by the piece, <laughs> he's by the pound. Wow. Yeah. 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 I, all right. They were good. They weren't great. They weren't like super great. They were pretty good. Now I had his cannolis probably two years ago, right? Not this year, food and wine. Last year, food and wine. Um, so he was doing one of those, you know, cooking with yada yada, and he flew down. He made the shells that day. Flew down. Okay, he bought an extra seat on the plane to put the shells. Then made the cream fresh and then piped it in there before they were served oh. so that the shells wouldn't get soggy. Now, that's a man dedicated to cannolis. <laughs> yes. But I, will I would have met. Were they that good? They were excellent. Okay. Probably the best cannolis I've had in a really, really long time. And even if you go to his stores, they're not pre stuffed. They, you say you want three of them, boom, boom, boom. They'll, they fill them right there with uh, cream that's made that day. They don't they don't keep it. Boom, it's done. It's over for that day. Uh, and then all the shells are made fresh too. You know, so wow. it's a dedication to pastry, my <laughs> my friend uh, Carlos Bakery. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the best cannoli I've ever had was in Sicily. So. Well. That was like when, when we got there, I was like, okay, Sicily is known for cannolis. Right. And I like, that's one of my favorite desserts right. is cannolis. Cause it's, it's sweet, but it's not too sweet, which mm-hmm. I think seems to be true of most Italian desserts. Right. That they're sweet, but not, you too know, sweet. they're not too sugarly sweet, but best cannoli. I was like, I was like, we have to go have this. And everybody had a bite. And then we, we bought more of them. Yeah. And we bought some to take back on the show because they were that good. I would have. <laughs> I was like, this is the best thing I think yeah. I've ever eaten. It was just that good. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, you're going to go to Parma, you get Parmesan cheese. You go to Naples, you're going to get pizza. You go to yep. wherever you get the cannolis. That's just what you got to do, you know? You have to. You yeah. have to go. If, if you're traveling, you have to try what that place is, is known for. Right. Right. If they if they have a particular food, you gotta try it. Like if you come to Nashville, you have to try hot chicken. Hot chicken? Hot chicken, unless you're somebody who can't handle hot food. Like because, hot as in spicy? Like hot as in spicy. Oh yeah, no, that's not good for me. <laughs> like it is it is really spicy. Wow. Now what do they make it with that makes it so spicy typically? I don't know what the seasonings are that are are in the hot chicken. All I know is I went to one of the places that you sweat 
really? eating it because it was that hot. Had a lot of flavor, but it really was hot. Yeah. So why is Nashville known for hot chicken? I don't know. I would have thought it would have been like fried chicken, like southern. It is a fried chicken, like, but uh, it's hot. It's like with collard has, greens or <laughs> something. It has really on. spicy ingredients mm. that they put in with the mm. with it. Yeah, I haven't been to Nashville since the eighties. Oh, it doesn't even look like the same place. <laughs> you would not. think you were like completely. <laughs> you visited some place you've never seen before because it's. Yeah. It's completely different. When I moved here 23 years ago, holy mackerel! It doesn't it doesn't look like the same city to me. Yeah. And I moved here in the 90s, so wow, wow, wow! Yikes. You have to come up here sometime, Tony. Yeah, I do. I do. I have to come up there and uh, check out the uh, food scene. Hm. It's growing. Yeah. One thing about Nashville is its its food scene is is growing, and I have people ask me like, why? Why don't you have a, a, a food blog about eating in Nashville? Yeah, you live sure. in Nashville. Yeah. Why do you, you know, why do you do Disney? And I'm like, well, first of all, I can only spend so much money in Orlando when I'm there. <laughs> you know? Right. I live here, which means every day I could go and spend money eating yeah. to keep up with all of it. And uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't make the kind of money to, to afford my my eating habit yeah. that would. And you don't always want to go as an invited guest because then you feel some obligation to say nice things, you know, uh, like when I, See, I don't, that's one of my things is I, I know what you're saying, but I feel that's the one thing that I'm like, just because you give me something complimentary yeah. doesn't mm-hmm. mean I'm going to give you a great review. Yeah. Because I can. I cannot justify writing something that's not true. Right. If I didn't enjoy it or there was something I didn't like about it, I'm going to put in there, I didn't like this, which I have done with some of my reviews. <laughs> and at the bottom, it says like that this was something that I received complimentary mm. because that is something that people should know. Right. Is, you, right. Know, you know, I know I did not pay for this. This was, you know, received at a discount or, you know, like with this, uh, a, the barista boot camp, you right. got to do that. It was yeah. a complimentary experience yeah. um, that was gifted to us by Four Seasons. Yeah. And but it doesn't mean you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. It doesn't, but I don't think they could screw anything up. The Four Seasons. No. And that's part of why I, cho- I choose. They, I think I they would have a really with. hard time screwing up something. I, and that's the other thing is. I turn down things because I don't want to write a bad review of something. Mm, right. So I always try and work with the with the companies and brands that I really enjoy, that I know I'm going to have a good experience at, right. because that does make writing that review a lot easier. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Then you don't feel bad that you, you know, yeah. if you're going to have to write something bad. <laughs> true, very true. Because the chances are slim of it happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah hopefully. Yeah, I don't. I haven't had any experience at Four Seasons or Waldorf Astoria. Right. Um, that has not been absolutely amazing. The both of those teams that they have running their food and beverage departments are phenomenal. Yeah, 
I agree. Yeah, our buddy uh, Steven's doing a little world t- tour, too. I think he's going to Tokyo. Tokyo, Vegas, and something else for some food event things. So, Wow. Just follow him on, on Facebook, obviously. Um, what was the other thing oh, that pops into my head? Oh, I hear uh, STK may be opening soon. <laughs> soon. How soon? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh but it's also owned by uh, the same uh, people that own Marimoto and uh, Via Napoli Patina Group. Okay. So, uh, if you know any media people there, um, it should be the same same team, you know, doing it. Yeah. And it was funny. Uh, I went to uh, SDK New York online to you know look at the menu, kind of get an idea of what to expect. <laughs> and uh, there's no prices on the menu. <laughs> so I email them like, uh, hey, uh, uh, dig the menu, uh, but uh, there's nothing on it. it. There's no prices. So she's like, uh, well, we put we don't put our prices because they change. All right, I, I, I get that, but like ballpark it for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, so she's like, well, which restaurant are you looking at? And we can send you a menu with prices, but you have to understand that. Fine. I get it. Send me the one for New York so I can get an idea of what the prices are. They are not cheap. I wouldn't. They're going to make the boathouse look like McDonald's. Really? Yeah. 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 They have. uh, So we need to start a GoFundMe account for dining there? You might because steak. uh, uh, What what do they have in categories? A small, medium, and large. And then, you know, then small, they had like, you know, a six ounce filet, uh, a six ounce like strip, New York strip, uh, you know, three or four different steaks on the small. And then they had three. I think once you got to the large, <laughs> you needed a second mortgage. It was, wow. I think it was something like, uh, I think it was like a 12 ounce filet. I think it was, I don't know, something like $75 or something like that. I'm like, Holy mackerel! That's that's crazy, you know. That's pretty pricey. Yeah, and everything obviously is a la carte. There's nothing included. You get a steak. That's it. That's where if it does not come out perfect, you do send it back. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I couldn't. There's no yeah. side, no vegetable, no nothing. Uh, nothing was, you know. Boom, steak. That's it. <laughs> You know, so either you have an appetizer and you just get a steak or you pay for some sides. Uh, hopefully the sides are, you know, large enough for two people to share at least. You know, like that, the boathouse. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that's not too bad then. Um, but we'll have to see. Um, I know the building is like, you know, pretty, pretty close to done. So. That's and good. they've been hiring for months. Uh, I think they've been working at um, Marimoto's. Um, just to you know, kind of get servers up to speed and busters up to speed. Um, obviously, it'll be different, you know, but at least they're getting them trained. So, go we'll same. And used to the uh, busyness that is Disney. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I I ate at Mary Motors again. Believe it or not, I should get a so punch what, card. Six? <laughs> I don't five five six. Five, six. <laughs> I need a punch card for that restaurant. <laughs> It's, Next uh, time I'm gonna go and do sushi because we didn't we didn't try the sushi just, last. All right, let me know. I'll do some sushi. Okay. 
Um, they have the, uh, the like a tower sushi thing we might want to do. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and I also heard still again the the last time I was there is the sushi upstairs is different than the sushi downstairs because upstairs it's all the fresh market fish. Yeah. Uh, and they don't, you know. I don't know. You can only have get you it been up- upstairs yet. I've not been at the sushi bar. No. But I saw this three tower thing, and I said to the guy, "I said, what? What? What is that? I don't, I don't see anything on the menu that says three tower thing." She, she's like, "Oh, that's a custom sushi platter thing." I'm like, "Wow!" I, I, I said, "What does that cost?" Well, it depends on what you have in it. You know, it could be seventy five, one hundred fifty, whatever. All right, whatever. I, if you like sushi, uh, go on Netflix. There's a movie called Jiro. Have you heard of this? I have not. There's a guy, J-I-R-O is the name of the Netflix movie. He's a 80-some-odd-year-old man who lives in Japan. He's been making sushi, sushi since he was like a teenager. His entire life, that's all he's done is made sushi. He's never had any other jobs. Sushi. He has a restaurant in Japan that is always, oh, there's only 12 seats at the bar and there's no menu. It's whatever he's making. So you go, you sit down and he just makes and he puts one piece on your plate and then he'll make the next and then one piece on your plate and the next. And that's the way it's done. Now, there's a guy that worked for him uh, who left and is he's got a now a place in New York. And if you Google disciple of Jiro, you'll find this guy in New York. <laughs> and it's $254 per person for whatever the chef decides that night. And it's, uh, once again, 12 seats. The guy's booked for almost most of 2016 already at $254 a seat. I said to my family, just, we, were, we were going to New York, and they're like, where do you want to eat? I said, let's try this disciple of sushi guy. And when we looked at I said, all right, <laughs> pass. <laughs> a, wow. there's not enough seats. There was like 18 of us. <laughs> and B, nobody wanted to shell out $254 to go see this guy. Yeah, yeah that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot yeah. of things you could do with that. Oh, uh, yeah. You did Morimoto's a lot. <laughs> I could go to Victoria and Albert's twice. <laughs> Probably That's true. Twice and a half. <laughs> With a wine pairing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, go check out this movie on Netflix, Jiro. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's not that, I don't think it's a whole two hours, but it's a very interesting thing. He's got a whole special way he makes it. His son is now taking over. His oldest son is taking over the, the original location, and his younger son uh, is taking over the second location. And uh, I think he's kind of retiring. He's like 89 or whatever. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Jiro. Yeah. Have to look into that. Yeah. They they have a whole special process to do the whole, yeah, special rice, special fish, special everything. Yeah. And it's got this weird way of making the, I, I, you got to watch it. That's, <laughs> watch it. You'll be like, what the? So. All right. Educational video, right? Yeah. Uh, well, let's say edutainment. 
<laughs> a little educational, a little entertainment. You know, very Disney like then, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I heard it on uh, Kelly and Michael. They were talking about this guy Jiro. I'll have to look at that. Yeah, yeah. So we've got STK coming soon. STK, Rick Bayless. Do we? So, do you know where that place is going? I think it's going to go across from uh, STK. No. Rick Bayless, I think, is going on the other side. It's going to be more in the town center area from uh, the artist's renditions I saw. Uh, okay. Across from STK is going to be uh, Edison's and Neverland. Uh, and then Art Smith, I also think, is going to go out in uh, town center as well because his renderings uh, have this uh, same kind of look uh, as uh, Bayless. Um, and they're not the modern looks. It's more of the town center look that uh, there's when their renderings have. Um, so there's going to be so many places to eat. Yeah, I I, I was telling uh, I was talking on the my I think the last podcast maybe podcast before last. You know where they built the the one parking garage. You know, if you're all the way at the far end of the orange parking garage and you're kind of looking at, you know, what they're building where uh, in front of Planet Hollywood, that whole area all the way out to the street is where the new buses will go. Wow. The entire area. It is massive. There's like three rows you know, of the little bus thingies. And I'm like, wait a minute. You have a bus stop at one end already, the marketplace. You have a bus stop that you could use that probably just needs a little expansion over by Lanuba. You could have had another 20 shops and restaurants where you have buses, you know. I don't, I I find that a colossal waste of space. Unless they're planning on... They must be planning on busing a lot of people in then. Well, you have to remember, too, that they are expanding uh, Buena Vista Street, Boulevard Street, Avenue, whatever the hell. I can't remember the last, whatever this, that thing is. Buena Vista, whatever it is. <laughs> They're expanding. It's going to be five lanes with a dedicated bus lane in the middle. So uh, buses won't have to sit in that traffic. Oh, that's good. Get right into that uh, bus lane. Get right into the uh, the bus area without interrupting any of the flow of traffic on uh, Buena Vista. That's so good. that is their intention. Now, if that happens, do they shut down the other ones because they'll have this huge dedicated bus area? I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. You know, are they going to have the other bus stops? I don't know because right now, if you were to walk, if, let's say you got off a bus, you would be able to walk straight through to. Uh, the boat and take a boat to either end because that's mm-hmm. where the new uh, boat dock is right next to yeah. uh, the hangar bar. So uh, we'll see. Uh, uh, what other? Oh, Planet Hollywood, I think in January is laying off 400 and whatever people. They gave their notice uh, to the state of Florida that they're laying off uh, 458 people, something like that, uh, temporarily until. You know their construction is done. I I'm, I'm going to assume they're going under refurbishment next year too. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming Planet Hollywood is a complete gut job. Um, it's got to be. Yeah, I noticed from the the one renderings that uh, on the backside of the ball, 
uh, they're going to put a, an outside seating area. So I don't think that's going to be easy or cheap to do. <laughs> you know, no. suspend something off the, the globe. <laughs> <laughs> the board. That would um, be kind of a cool place to, to sit yes. and, and people watch and everything that's going out in the... I had dinner upstairs, second floor, Marimoto's outside, and that will be a fun place to eat as well because that will kind of be looking out over town center. Uh, they haven't opened up downstairs uh, eating outside because it's just a construction wall. You can't, yeah. you can't even see, you know, over the wall or nothing. It's just like, so they haven't sat anybody out there, but upstairs you can, you can see over the wall. So they, they have a lot of people to eat out there. So we had dinner out there one night already. Uh, and it's nice. That's, Oh no, no, you don't get a bus. You don't get a view of the bus stop. Thank God. That would be bad. <laughs> <laughs> Can you throttle it back a little? I can't have my sushi. <laughs> I hope they're thinking of those things when they build that monster. I don't. Trying to think other food places opening. Um, oh, Ganache is opening. Matt, that's supposed to open this month, right? Yes, I think uh, soon. This week. I think this week, yeah. week, week, weekend. Ganache is going to open. Yeah, I'm not going to have time to get down there. I'll be looking out for some of those pictures then. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to get down there before I go away. Maybe Sunday. No, I don't know. I know my time is Uh, limited in this state. (laughs) Time to go go home. Yeah, yeah. Go eat the seven fishes. That's what you're going to see pictures of. Fish, more fish, other fish. Other fish. <laughs> fried, 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 fried. Bake, bake, bake. To me, that looks like so much fun, though. <laughs> drowned in butter. <laughs> we drowned this fish by killing it in butter. <laughs> <laughs> we just put it in a big tank of butter. He's dead. <laughs> yeah. So. Let's see. Uh, Magic Kingdom, do we know when the uh, Skipper Canteen uh, is opening? I've heard two rumors. <laughs> One is by the end of the year, before Christmas, to help with the Christmas rush. Uh, the other one is not until <laughs> the new year. I think it's going to yeah, happen. I have read somewhere recently that it wasn't supposed to open until January. Yeah. I don't know. If they were smart, they'd have it open before the Christmas rush. That, that, uh, I think they'll need the space. I, I I think they need I think they need it. I think they desperately need it because that place is uh, a zoo for Christmas. A zoo. I mean, you probably saw pictures of what it looked like for Thanksgiving. They were lined up to the monorail station to get into the damn place. I mean, that's that, see, that's that's crazy. To yeah, me. that is way too it. much humanity for me. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, and I heard it, it was taking some people an hour to get through bag check. You know, I I would listen. Somebody told me I had to wait an hour to get through bag check. Bye bye, bye bye. I'm going to Disney Springs. I'm going. Uh, I drive. I'm going and anywhere but there. Yeah, there's a. We had a server um, at Whispering Canyon. 
who was making the transition to uh, Skipper Cantina, uh, the next day he was going to um, his training sessions. So uh, I think a lot of the people are trying to do that because they're, they're, they're saying that they'll make more money there. I don't know. I don't know. You know. A lot of lot of changes coming to Disney. Yeah. Did you guys talk about the new restaurant at uh, Animal Kingdom? No, have not talked about Tiffin yet. Yeah. yeah. Another one that's opening. Mm. That should be interesting. Should be interesting. I need to win the lottery so I can can easily get down to Florida. <laughs> I think the only thing I'm really excited for that's happening over Dan McKinnon is that, that nighttime show. I think that'll be good. I think once Pandora Land or Avatar Land or whatever it's going to be called is complete, um, I think that's going to be pretty interesting. I mm. was I was surprised when I did the walkthrough and they had the giant... Um, concept display set up mm. of the way right now, the way that they're looking to build everything because yeah. it, if it is like they said to scale, it's going to be, it's going to be big. Yeah. Yeah. Because the people looked very, very tiny <laughs> in the model. Yeah. And uh, yeah, some but- of the things that they're doing, I thought sounded like they'd be really, really cool. So yeah. for about a week, they had a crane holding up the rock. <laughs> you know, I guess until they bolted or whatever attached it into place, just sat oh there for a week. <laughs> so, all right. Unfortunately, I have to go. I got other things. I got to work. Work things. Work things. Okay, so yeah. let's wrap it up then, Tony. Tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, you can find me at DisneyByTheNumbers.com or at DisneyParksPodcast.com. Uh, either one of those, if you go there, uh, those are the two sites. One is a podcast, one is a website. Uh, uh, Disney by the Numbers has a book called Disney by the Numbers. Uh, you can find that on Amazon, or you guys are uh, going to give away a copy. Maybe you can link that up somewhere, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's it. Check yeah, me out no on Facebook on, uh, and Twitter and Pinterest and all those other crazy sites. And then as far as Dining at Disney, you can find Dining at Disney at DiningAtDisney.com on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Periscope, Dining at Disney on YouTube. We are the Dining at Disney. And uh, we are part of the Weeby Geeks Network, so please download and subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us five-star ratings. We love that. And thanks so much for listening. Until next time, bon appetit. This podcast is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or its holdings and is intended for entertainment purposes. The next generation is here. The new Sorcerer Radio app, version 4.0. Take your favorite Disney Park music and SR shows with you everywhere you go. The new Sorcerer Radio app, version 4.0. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. We went back to the drawing board with an all-new design and features that you've been asking for. To infinity and beyond! All-new design, daily schedule page, Sorcerer Radio Disney News page, keep on screen, sleep timer, screen lock display, Bluetooth display, visual buffer, iOS 8 compatible, iPad compatible, optimized for the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus, coming soon to Android. And the best part, it's free. Download.
the new Source Radio app, version 4.0. Downloaded for free. Thank you for traveling with us. All Disney music all day long. Sorcerer Radio. SRSounds.com. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the geek revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Listen to Weeby Geeks podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or online at WeebyGeeks.net. Weeby Geeks, your voice for the Geek Revolution. Want to know more?